Hi, I'm Valerie Steele, Director and Chief Curator of the Museum at FIT, the most fashionable museum in New York City. Welcome to our Fashion Culture Podcast Series, featuring lectures and conversations about fashion. If you like what you hear, please share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag FashionCulture. My name is Tania Melendez Escalante, and I am Senior Curator of Education and Public Programs at the Museum at FIT. And my name is Melissa Mara Alvarez, and I'm the Curator of Education and Research here at the Museum at FIT. Together, we're the co-curators of Moda Hoy, Latin American and Latinx fashion design today. So Melissa, remember when we did that research trip to Mexico City with Liz Wei? Uh, we were exploring the food and fashion of Mexico City. I do. Um, and we had this cab ride where we were all really excited about what we saw, what we ate, and we thought, wouldn't it be fabulous if we had an exhibition on Latinx and Latin American fashion? I do remember that. I feel like we were all kind of giddy and really excited um, about this trip. We had 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 a couple of days by then of visiting designers, visiting studios, um, soaking in the culture, the food, which was so delicious. Um, and it was just, in general, like such a fulfilling experience that, and the designers that we are saw, well, just in Mexico alone, were, were so varied. Um, and yes, I think that was the moment where really the um, impetus for this, like doing this exhibition now came about. Yeah. And I also, I also think, Tanya, you know, we, we knew we wanted to do this exhibition and then we had this plan to do this publication around the exhibition. And I think one of the, you know, one of the things I've been kind of meditating on was how much, like how wonderful doing the research for that book um, was and how much it really also like kind of lent to shaping um, the way the exhibition took place. Absolutely, there were so many things that we discovered through the book, but also we had that symposium, which was a new experiment that the museum did of having a symposium before the exhibition mm -hmm. actually is completed, and listening to our colleagues' research, mm -hmm. but also listening to the audience members, the questions they had, the information they wanted to come across with in an exhibition, was really eye-opening mm -hmm. um, to, to rethink what our exhibition needed, not only to convey and include, but also the way that it needed to connect with people. Yes, and, and that was really, I think, just the first step in kind of involving, getting community feedback, mm -hmm. right? And involving our community and their thoughts and their opinions um, in this exhibition so that we can kind of get multiple voices, multiple perspectives um, that we can then show through the through Moda Oi when right. it opened. And it's a way of making the curatorial process a little bit more horizontal, mm -hmm. which can be very challenging. Um, trying to involve the feedback and the ideas or the expectations of many people mm -hmm. is not an easy task. I mean, when I would look at the work of designers, I feel that a little bit of that feedback was always in the back of yeah, my head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, would, they, would this um, fulfill their expectations or would they find interest in this? Like, they were really very much part of, of, of our thinking 
through the curation of the exhibition. And, and the voices of our advisory committee were actually also really important. They were um, very helpful in reaching out to certain designers that maybe they knew and we didn't, mm -hmm. or they were really supportive and champions of our exhibition. But also they um, let, helped us see gaps, um, information that we were missing or that we yes. needed to explore in more depth. And so I'm very grateful because I think they made our exhibition so much stronger. Super grateful. And I think every personality that was part, person, personality that was part of our advisory committee, um, from Nina Garcia to Ruben Zaleo to Regina Root, um, Aldo Alrujo, all of them brought sort of a unique perspective and really helped us um, kind of consider things, whether it was from a PR perspective or from an academic perspective. Um, it was... It was just a lot of fun, but also really educational. Thinking back on the beginning of the exhibition and how we were planning everything out, I think one of the most um, interesting conversations that we had very, at the very, very start um, was around the term Latinx mm -hmm. and what we were going to name the show, the book, um, how people how people wanted to be, what names they wanted to be identified by, Latino, Latina, Hispanic, Latinx. Um, and so that was really, um, the very, the very beginning of kind of understanding the complexity of this topic as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, and no, well, you know, you have this whole use of the language, right? There's these categories that exist in the United States to um, refer to people of Latin American heritage that are very, very exclusive to this country. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation was also about how we have all the uh, designers or the people from the Latin American countries who refer to themselves as their nationalities mm -hmm. versus our um, colleagues in the United States who might be uh, originally from other countries or who might have been born here, yeah. but have a Latin American heritage. Exactly. And the word Latinx is, is very uh, contentious. <laughs> and some people embrace it, other people reject it. And it was an, a super insightful exercise to, we did this, a survey with That's NFIT right. to, to try to figure out how people self-identified. We read a lot of literature. Um, <laughs> There was this definition of Latinx uh, from a catalog in El Museo de, de, from El Museo del Barrio, right. I remember, yes. where they said that um, Latinx was um, more encompassing not only of gender diversity, but also ethnic and racial diversity. And we felt really strongly yeah. that that aligned with, um, with our vision within the Museum of FIT, exactly. right? Where we want to embrace um, diversity and um, different I don't know, life experiences uh, mm -hmm. within, within our museum. And so in that respect, we felt that, and with the feedback from, from the survey, from the survey yeah, yeah. where people had no issue. I mean, they, some had issue. Well, everybody had a preference, but then at the end of the day, everybody said that they didn't, like, it, while they might have preferred one term over uh -huh. another, they didn't matter. It, they were okay with being called any, any of those any of terms. Above. Uh, and so we were like, well, this is the most inclusive of right. uh, difference term. And so that's how we selected Latinx. Right. And, you know, the other thing that struck me, I think, when we were doing that survey also was just this idea of, of you know, how people identify 
and how personal that is, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you know, there is never, there may never be one term that everybody is going to be happy with, um, but you can try as best you can to find a term that that includes um, or that is the most inclusive. Well, and I think in in a sense, in the title we use the word Latinx, but in, the truth is that in conversation or um, even in in the analysis of the exhibition, we use a variety of words, yeah. right? Some designers uh, describe themselves as Chicanos mm -hmm. or as New Yorkans mm -hmm. or as Mexican or Venezuelan or Latin American, um, mm -hmm. and the truth is that we embrace all these different right. uh, because it, in the end, it's, it, it is a matter of self definition, yeah. and and one of our uh, the arguments that we make in the exhibition is that there is porosity not only in interests and in practice, but also in the understanding of the of the self. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? I can be, like, I, I am Mexican, but I also consider myself Latinx. I could even say, well, uh, I, I am uh, close to my Chicano colleagues, right? We have a group of Chicanos in the <laughs> exhibition, and I feel very welcome by them. Mm -hmm. and, and so I am one, but, but I am many. Many, exactly. Yes. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. For me, it is so exciting to be able to include many countries with, uh, of Latin America in the exhibition, but also the, the diaspora of Latin Americans to the United States. Um, I think that the region is really large. Mm -hmm. It's, um, in Spanish, it would be the El Continente Americano. In English, is uh, North America and South America, and I guess Central America. Um, but the reality is that we have so many places, right? Uh, and, and to the opening reception, for example, we have designers that came from Peru, from Bolivia, uh, from Colombia, Colombia Mexico, um, a scholar who came here from Chile, um, uh, people who came from LA. Um, and so that is, uh, to me, that's so important mm -hmm. that we are such a large region and yet we were able to coalesce in one exhibition. In one exhibition. And, and last night we had our opening reception, right? And we had this party and it was so nice to see all of these different designers from so many different countries, some of whom had never met each other before, um, all commingling in one space um, and networking and sharing ideas. And everybody was so excited. I think the energy was just um, so much fun, but also so invigorating, right? Yes, and designers were really happy to see themselves placed side by side with other uh, great designers in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And it was very heartwarming to see the, the mutual admiration mm -hmm. of different designers who are all really invested in their practice um, and being celebrated as a group. As a community. As a it community. was a bringing together of this community of designers. Um, and I'm, I just enjoyed that whole aspect of the opening and sitting back and kind of watching that unfold. So Melissa, we have eight sections in the exhibition plus an introductory section on the 20th century. And I really love the way you explain how we, these eight sections came about. Uh, well, it was part of our curatorial process, right? We were sitting down and we were saying, okay, how are, now we've got our proposal approved. How are we gonna sit down and approach this show? Um, and that's one of the first steps, right, that you do when you're curating an exhibition. Um, and so we, we had options, right? We could have done it chronologically. We could have done it um, uh, geographically, but we decided that we wanted to do it thematically um, because Organizing the exhibition thematically allowed us to show um, kind of not the diversity of talent, right, but also these underlying ideas that, that link them 
that link their work together and these like these nuances that brought them together. And so that was part of our mission, right, for this exhibition, which was to show that there wasn't just one monolithic Latin American style, um, but that the, the region or designers of Latin American heritage, um, there's so much creativity among them and that the designs that they're doing are so rich and so layered. And the thematic approach, uh, for us, I think we agreed that it really allowed that to shine and come through. I, I totally agree. And I think when we were um, thinking of where to place each section in the exhibition, another thing that we discovered is that there's a lot of um, connection between different sections of the yes. exhibition, right? Many themes or many ideas that are floating um, in the work of designers, can uh, a designer could fit in mul multiple, multiple sections yeah. and a garment by a designer could be read from different lenses. Yeah. And so for example, we had indigenous heritage and popular culture, one across from each other, and they could seem in theory so different, but they are both about Identity, identity. and identity um, not through the lens of fine art, <laughs> but identity through the everyday. Yes. And then we had the section on gender across from art, and they they share so much, mm -hmm. right? In in both sections, for example, we have videos of performance art pieces in in museums mm -hmm. done by fashion designers, um, which you would think um, they might have very little to do, but actually. Gender is very important in art practice, and art really educates the way that we think about gender. Mm -hmm. And all the other sections, like um, politics, where our um, designers in Latin America can be very brave and very bold how they address uh, matters of politics. Mm -hmm. But some of the ideas that they put forward there um, are also related to indigeneity mm -hmm. or um, to sustainability. Mm -hmm. They are also intertwined. And sustainability, I think, is, is one of the sections in the exhibition that really touches so many others, yes. right? Um, and I especially love the kind of crossover between the indigenous heritage section and the sustainability section. Um, and again, there was this and craftsmanship. And craftsmanship, exactly. Uh -huh. And you know, last night I was talking to Rio Uribe of Gypsy Sport, and he was telling us about the red Michael Jordan jersey gown that we have in the show, and he said, oh, well, you know, that that gown is made like almost, I don't remember exactly, but like almost 80% from recycled materials. And I was like, I had no idea about that. And so he was like, yes, it could have been in sustainability. Or then he was saying that he was really happy to be featured in the popular culture section. But I think that's just a perfect example of um, how, how much these categories, you know, how we're defined, you know, we're looking at their work through this one lens, but then they, there is this malleability. Yes. There. Well, and we shouldn't forget our uh, section on elegance, mm -hmm. because I think elegance is a word that's used a lot to refer to Latin American mm -hmm. fashion. But I think that Latin American designers uh, are very cheeky about their <laughs> use of the word elegance. elegance. And so what we tried to do was really tap into these very different ways of approaching the idea of elegance mm -hmm. and how for some is something to be celebrated and for others is something to be uh, discussed and maybe criticized or be critical of and uh, present new ways in which elegance can be understood. Yes, and I guess that also makes me think of the craftsmanship section, which wasn't initially um, Part, you know, when we had initially thought of our themes, it wasn't in our first round of themes. And then as we were kind of teasing out these ideas and we were looking at designers' work, we were listening to different speakers talk about um, Latin American fashion, you know, this idea of craftsmanship kept coming up. And, you know, it was there in sustainability, in elegance, in indigenous heritage, but we didn't have 
a single section about that. And then we said, no, let's stop, let's pull this out um, and make this its own part of the exhibition. Um, and so that was a little bit of sort of how everything unfolded, right? Yeah, well, I think for Latin Americans, um, our craft uh, heritage is very important. And there's always this, this um, conversation about how we really should value it the way that the French value couture. Mm -hmm. And we were, that's part of what we are doing in the exhibition. We are reminding everyone the extraordinary and exquisite work that comes from the uh, hands of artisans in Latin America. Yes, yes, that is the equivalent of the, the labor and the skill and the time that, that would be a couture piece. It is couture in its own right. Hi, this is Tania Melendez Escalante. Thank you for listening to our Fashion Culture Podcast episode. This conversation was recorded just before the exhibition Moda Hoy opened. While the exhibition is now closed, you can explore the themes and designers mentioned in this episode on our past exhibitions page on the Museum at FIT's website. There, you will also find recordings about designers and objects featured in the exhibition. Links are available in the show notes.